Hi everyone, welcome to STEPS audio channel. We are very excited to share our content from STEPS events to learn all about the latest trends in startups, digital media, fintech, future tech, and wellness in emerging markets. You can find us on Enagami, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Make sure to subscribe to your favorite channel and we hope you enjoy the content. I'm very excited and honored to be here. My name is Dana Abushakra. I'm all the way here from rural Lebanon, uh, representing Park Innovation. We are a technology hub and co-working space. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, we have an amazing panel here today, a nice mix of entrepreneurs, innovation centers, and corporates uh, talking about building communities, the importance of communities for startups. As I always... Um, think about it is when you have a bunch of molecules together, uh, it's a quote by actually, it's a quote by Steve Collins, when you have a bunch of molecules together, a reaction is going to happen. And really that is what Startup Communities is all about. So without further ado, I'd like to introduce our wonderful speakers. I see him right there. First up, Bedid Wedd from Lamsa. We have Hamid Sheikh from PepsiCo. We have Victor Keriakos from MQB and Saeed El Nofali from In5. Please have a seat. Let's get started. So starting at the basics, and whoever would like to answer this, please just chime in. Why are startup communities so important for startups to thrive? Who would like to chime in first? It's all about the community. Um, there's a Chinese proverb that says an idea can turn from dust to magic, depending on the talent it rubs upon. So I truly believe in that. I think communities is what makes, you know, something like dust turn to magic. Well said, and also it takes a village to raise a child, as they say. Uh, that's great, anyone else want? I mean, I'll jump in. I mean, if you go back 20, 25 years, imagine you're living in the Silicon Valley. Uh, and the minute you step out of the office, the lift, the lobby, the building, the restaurants, the cafes, the kind of people you would be interacting, um, and that, that was the community then, and that gave us so many startups, so many um, I, you know, big businesses, big innovations, and I think without that community feel, we would not have gotten there this far with technology. So, so I think to me, we're not in Silicon Valley, so how do we then make sure that we're creating a community of our own to support the startups who are driving innovation, who are driving really breakthrough, disruptive um, thinking, as well as uh, they're good for the economy and they're good for developing talent. Yeah, I think I think uh, I agree with with you when it comes to uh, building communities, and I think we've seen it from our own um, incubators that when we bring the community together, even themselves they collaborate. It's not like it, we have to also only help them. That's our job. But also within, they cross-collaborate and, and, and build businesses and innovation within. So it's great that it's like, for me, it's a reminder of an old village that everyone's role, this is the carpenter, this is what. You bring them all together and they create something uh, uh, to serve the wider community. Yeah, as I say, a reaction happens, right? Absolutely. Yes, one, of the, one of those uh, powerful ones is collaboration. It's the magic of 100%. collaboration. Did you want to add to that? Uh, so just to add, uh, the road for, 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 for founders is very tough. And uh, I think uh, having a community that is supportive uh, helps, you know, uh, helps in the ups and downs. I think that's, uh, that's where also the community help. 
the trick becomes how do you build a community that is uh, rooted in a in a win-win where collaboration happens in two ways. Uh, I think that's a bit more tricky to execute on, but it's always a work in progress. Yeah, well said um, from Brad Feld's book, uh, Startup Communities. He said a startup community is not a zero-sum game. and It's about a win-win situation for all. So yeah, well said. Now you've all either been a part of a startup community, it's been a key role to your success, uh, and you're nurturing innovative and startup communities right now. What do you believe are the recipes for success, the feeders uh, that go into making startup community really thrive? Um, I can go if you want. So, so basically, um, so basically, what we're trying to do is uh, is is build a community that is very uh, founder centric. So, really understanding the the emotional and functional needs of all these founders and try to help them find solution. Uh, as you build your company, there is a lot of frictions in, in day-to-day uh, jobs, uh, which you know, uh, puts you down, uh, allow you to you know, not, not execute at a high level. So really identifying these friction points and finding solution uh, is a way to uh, enable, uh, enable more, uh, uh, more collaboration within this community. This is what we're focused on. Wonderful. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to direct it at you. Yeah, so I think, I think you know, uh, I've been in a lot of, uh, I was an entrepreneur, you know, uh, building a business, and I've seen, I've been part of so many uh, uh, communities around Abu Dhabi, Dubai, and Sharjah. And then, you know, I sat with also government entities talking about how to build communities, how to build, bring startups together, and how can we, we can serve them. But the most important thing is, I think, for every community is for you to be inside it, and you realize and speak to the community itself. Because today in Abu Dhabi, they provide, they have a certain community. In Sharjah, they have a certain community. In Dubai, we have a certain community. For me, when I came to M5, I looked at the community and what other resources I have around me. And then I built that community around. And I said, these are the things that we need. And start listening to my community and serve them better. And I think that's the best way. It's not like there is a special recipe, but I think knowing your environment and knowing what startup needs need and how you can support them is very, very important. Well said. Being a startup yourself, an entrepreneur, what role did communities play in your success with Lamsa? Just pick up on what my uh, fellow panelists said, and I think I would slightly disagree by saying there is a secret recipe, which is, it's all about the, the people. I mean, a lot of communities try to start off by building fancy real estate buildings and atmospheres and we've seen it happen so many times but then it's it's all about the soul and how do you build the soul i think it's people right it's not the concrete it's not the wall it's a, it might be the most beautiful place from an architecture perspective but then when you look at less fancy places where real things happen it's it's all about the people okay. and i think you put a bunch of passionate like-minded people and give them, and this is me trying to decompose the, the, yeah. the recipe, put a bunch of like-minded, passionate people in a room, um, give them an environment where they know that there is trust and, and you know, no one's going to take advantage of the other person and they can kind of like you know, trust each other, lean on each other's backs and have each other's backs. I think that's where it all starts. 
when you're open to someone, when you trust them, and like any other relationship, that's how things get built. So can, can your statement be backed out by the statement that um, culture eats strategy for breakfast? Absolutely. It's really about the culture of the community? Culture, and then, you know, it doesn't need to be perfect. I also like progress beats perfect. I mean, we might not be the, the perfect community, but then if, if, you know, someone's helping out someone today, then that's progress, right? Um, so I think it's all about people, and I think it's about soul. And I've seen so many, and I've you know advised a few communities. Uh, I arrived in Abu Dhabi in 2014. It was, you know, we were probably the first startup in Abu Dhabi, right? Um, I'm sorry if someone else here feels like they are the first startup in Abu Dhabi. That's what I think. So, uh, but then we've seen communities built like over the last few years now in Abu Dhabi, you know. Almost all of you have come to Abu Dhabi to visit the startup scene recently. And it's the people that made it happen. You've got two, three hundred uh, startups that are passionate, that are helping each other out, that are supporting each other. And, and, and that's the soul. It's, it's, you and know. that's what I said. I said, you need to listen to the people yeah. and then build a community around it. Absolutely. So, yeah, so I think I, think I agree with you. It, it starts with people. But also, the thing is, is you, we send the message to the entities, the governments, to that we have a community that they need support as well. Absolutely. So it's internally and externally for that. Why I'm saying this is because I've sat down uh, with, with, with uh, uh, entities and said, oh, what should we do to startups? What should we give them? And I'm like, ask them. Why are you sitting there and talking like you're, you're, you're speaking on behalf of them? Ask the startups and they're going to tell you what they need. So yeah, so that's what I meant. So, I, I totally agree. Sorry for hijacking this. Uh, no, no, it's fine, it's fine. It's fine. But I think <laughs> the biggest uh, um, challenge I see with buildings, trying to build communities for startups is exactly what you said. The decision makers or whoever wants to make this happen is not on the same wavelength. They're thinking about yeah. our needs as startup from a completely different perspective. So I, I agree. Exactly, yeah. Now I'm going to take it over to you, Victor. Previously, you work at EAM, right? And I'm yep. just, I'm going to bring them in because they, they play an important role as a big fish in inspiring other startups. So can you talk a little bit about that, how important it is to have unicorns within the community and how they inspire smaller startups? I think, you know, success drives success. So, so there's two ways. One is the inspirational side, you know, that people see that, that uh, companies are actually growing and exiting and all of that. So that's the, the aspiring entrepreneur, let's say. And at the same time, when you build such a company and you go through the growth uh, phases, you also build a lot of talent that can replicate that journey. And that also spread more startups. Uh, I think one thing about the community that I just want to highlight is that a lot of the communities today uh, are exclusive in a way. So, you know, you're part of this community, you're part of that community. Sorry, you said they are exclusive? Yeah, in a way, you know, so, you know, to get into a community, you need to fulfill certain requirements. And, and one thing that we're trying to do uh, in Abu Dhabi as well is to be more inclusive, to help everyone rise. Because yes, you will have the unicorns, but there is a lot of companies startups or small and medium enterprises that can improve as well. They might not become unicorns, but they will create the size of them, can create a lot of value to the economy. And that's why our approach to, 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 to this is to be inclusive, is to be collaborative, and to be merit-based. Because at the, at the end of the day, a lot of 
people, you know, come in, they, it's a one-way street. They take value, take value without really providing any value back. And I think that uh, that's not a, the right way. So how do you design that uh, in order to, to be effective at scale is something that we're working uh, on, to be honest, uh, uh, on a platform, basically. Wonderful. I see you nodding your head, Ahmed. Would you yeah. like to add to that? Yeah. Um, I, you know, from a PepsiCo point of view, and, and which makes, I guess, my participation here slightly different because we're outside the startup. We're already a, a, a large multinational globally. So, you know, what we figured out is, is that while we are doing lots of wonderful things, we don't have all the answers. So how do you tap into the startup communities to really understand the breakthrough disruptive innovation that they're working on and that can help us deliver our, our specific objectives? And what we're focusing on is sustainability. So we, we just created a greenhouse accelerator program where we asked the startup community from the Middle East to you know, share their ideas with us. And based on pre-selected criteria, we identified 10 startups that fits the bill. You recently just announced that the 10 startups. Yeah, we actually we, we announced the program in November. And between November and mid-February, it was incredible to see the enthusiasm. We got 70 applications. And I think day before yesterday, we announced the 10 finalists. Um, and and to, you know, to building on what is it that we can deliver um, to the startup community. So, so with those 10 startups, we've created an ecosystem. And it's fascinating to see how they're already building on each other's ideas, even though, they, in a way, they're competing with each other to get to the best uh, outcome. But there's also a sense of collaboration. Hey, you're doing something that I can fit it here, and this is how I can make it better. So I think we're bringing in funding and capital, but more importantly, we're bringing in mentorship and our decades of experience in solving complex operational challenges, right? So each and every one of us, you know, when, when we're part of a startup community, we're looking for not just ideas on how to make our product superior, but really how do you commercialize it, how do you market it, how do you address the supply chain challenges? So, so I think, what, you know, I'm really excited to be part of that program for PepsiCo. And I think that's a great way corporates like ours can play a greater role in really de developing this community. And a perfect example of also collaboration, right? So uh, giving them a safe place, a comfortable place to collaborate together as they accelerate through, through their businesses. And they're in specific verticals together, which is sustainability. So that's what I want to talk about next. Yeah. How important are specific verticals? I know with in five, I mean, you have uh, different wings um, across the locations. Uh, Whoever would like to answer, how important do you feel are having very niche, specific communities to allow for startups to grow and, and reach scale? Yeah, I think from, from an N5 perspective, uh, the point was to, to, to build on the three sectors that we have. So we have tech, design, and media, and each center serving a certain community. And from there, um, um, like my fellow panelists said that, for us, we have the really mature startups, and then we have the early stage ones who are coming in. And the early, the ones who really made it, or who are really successful, they come and support the, the younger ones. And we go, and that community builds on, on top of each other. And then we bring the mentors who are really experienced. In 2014, we didn't have a lot of mentors in our ecosystem. Right now, we have a lot and people have exited, people who failed, and these guys come to come and support that ecosystem as well. So I think for us is a bit, you know, uh, 
a bit fragmented because we, ha we are supporting different industries, but when it comes to the overall, they all support each other. Now we're talking about metaverse, right? We, it taps into the three uh, sectors that we have, design, tech, and media, and they all collaborate. Now they're looking at opportunities, and we've actually built a community of that in order for them to work together with the students, with the industries that we have as well. So I think it's really important, and I think I'm, I'm really like proud to, to have such a community of founders because someone, I'm sitting next to someone who has raised 100 million, the other one has raised 50 million, the other one has failed, and that community of pushing each other and supporting each other is better than me sitting somewhere isolated trying to build a, a tech startup or an innovation. So I love that. So it's, it's the mentors giving back to the communities that help make them successful, yeah. a very key feeder in any startup ecosystem. Uh, from an entrepreneur against point of view, with an ed tech startup, how important was a vertical for you? I think it depends on the, <clears throat> the stage um, of a startup or a bunch of startups. At the beginning, I think generic advice is relevant for everyone. Um, so whether it's at seed stage or trying to figure, figure out your product market fit or validating certain stuff, um, I think generic advice works, right? Um, Victor used to do that at Flat Six Labs, you know, take a bunch of people and then uh, cohorts and people might be from 10 different verticals. But I think as you mature and as, as you figure out things like, you know, you've got your product market fit done, you've got this, you've got access to funding, you've got your first couple of VCs, you start focusing. And I think vertical specialization becomes very important um, from all aspects. So the people, you know, the, type, the advisors that, that are involved, it's good to, ha to have background in that specific industry. Even the VCs or your investors or your backers, even your, your, you know, your, the talent that you attract. So I think vertical specialization becomes super important as you mature mm -hmm. um, and develop. So it's based on the stage that you're in. Yeah. Wonderful. And actually, I, I want to talk about what role do VCs play in the community, not just you know, outsiders looking in. So how can they con contribute to a thriving community as well, since you brought that up? Ask the VC. Yeah. Picture, <laughs> <So laughs> th please. I think VCs around the globe are trying to, like the VC space is getting more crowded. Uh, you, and uh, it's, uh, it's becoming a bit hard to differentiate yourself. Uh, and uh, the big focus now is on providing smart capital. Uh, and that smart capital is basically, you know, providing the, the support. Sorry, could you just explain what smart capital is? Yeah. So, so basically you can give a check or you can give a check and give advice, have a team that can uh, provide you with technical advice and so on and so forth. Uh, and more and more you see that VCs are building large teams to accommodate uh, their portfolio companies. Uh, you see that a lot in the US now. And it's even going through, you know, uh, productizing kind of like that interaction with their portfolio companies. So uh, if you look at uh, Anderson Horowitz, they're building, uh, they're building a lot of platforms to support the wide portfolio that they have. And that differentiates them from, you know, uh, the other VCs that they're competing with. So there is definitely a role for a VC uh, to, to play. Um, it's just about how effectively can you do that when your portfolio starts growing and your core team is not as big. It becomes tricky. Yes, I, I understand. And I mean, a lot of times, uh, you know, founders are 
I don't want to say afraid, but I mean, they're just dealing with so much pressure from the VCs. Do they really want to have them as a part of the, that community that's supposed to support them? And that's how I'm going to shift into uh, mental health. And we, somebody touched upon it here as well, um, the importance of supporting the well-being of the entrepreneurs. So how can a community also support entrepreneurial well-being, founder well-being, uh, along a path that's a roller coaster ride, essentially, with a lot of pressure? So, so look, like on, on, on that topic, that topic is, is very real. Uh, it's, it's part of, you know, uh, the stress that you go through. Uh, you see it when, it, when when it comes to solo founders, you see it more because, you know, they don't have anyone to really discuss with and what have you. When you see like a founding team, it's less of a, of a stress. And I think that's where you know, the community can come in where you can, you can share, you can openly discuss with peers. Uh, it helps you uh, reduce the stress. Then there is a functional thing that you can do that we should all be trying to do, which is to eliminate that friction, right? So opening a bank account is like such a hassle, right? So all of these unused like unused, uh, useful things, you can, uh, through government initiatives, through corporate support, you can reduce that friction and elevate uh, and reduce the risk, uh, the stress on founders, on basic stuff that they shouldn't be stressed about. So it's, it's about community for, uh, for the emotional side, and it's about, you know, initiatives for the functional side. Easier, easier access uh, easier to access. resources. Less friction in the in the day-to-day. -day. Yeah, and normalizing the discussion. I mean, I, I remember from five, six years ago at any startup conference, you wouldn't see many talks about wellness. And today at STEP, we had, uh, you know, a whole wellness stage talking about the importance of this. So, yes, very well said. Any, anybody like to add to that? Yeah, I think, I think this is a very important topic. And we touched up on this a few years back in order to take care of our founders. Some founders, like, he said that they are lonely, right? And they can't speak to a lot of people. And it's really important to be, even we have mentors who sit with the startups and discuss with them. Even I sit with some of them because they really go a lot through a lot of pressure. And we try to uh, look at that because yes, the business is great and so on, but your, your mental health, your, your, you know, your physical health is, is very important as well. And we try to support that with communities. We try to support that with doing different sessions like yoga and so on. Just to try to um, uh, support them. And it's really important. And, and, and most of the time, when the business world tends to forget that. Uh, but I think we have looked at that because we've seen a lot of stress from our startup founders. And this is not only one level. It's different levels. Uh, that they're facing, depending on how big is the startup and so on. But this is a very important, it's, it's really because I, I was a startup founder before and I struggled a lot and, 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 and the community helped me. But now we're actually opening up sessions and, you know, uh, to, to actually support the startups. Yeah, and that's going to be my next question. Yeah. I mean, on the ground, what does that look like on a, on a daily basis, on a weekly basis? What does startup wellness look, uh, startup wellness support look like? Let's go ahead, uh, Ahmed. Yeah, I, I was going to actually bring a corporate perspective. I think first, mental health challenges, wellness challenges are real. Uh, you see that people facing all over the place. But I think it's, it has to do with the leadership role that everyone's playing, including the founders. Being a leader is a lonely place to be because you're supposed to be the one with the answers. So you can't really be vulnerable to your team or be confusing or, you know, so, so that in itself brings so much pressure. 
the how how one can deal with that is creating a, a small network of mentors, coaches, um, and you, people you can confide in, people who can give you the right advice without judging you, and also help you from a process or from a hey this person in this company or this person in this place can help unlock this issue. Because what I can tell you one thing, while the challenge you may be going through may look like the sky is falling, guess what? There are probably hundreds of other people going through the exact same challenge at the exact same time. It's just a matter of tapping into who can I go to for their advice? Who can I go to who can help me steer the direction? But it all starts with the leader saying, I don't have all the answers. Let me go figure it out. Versus, oh my God, I need to come up with the answers and what's going to happen. Absolutely. Just to pick up on that and add, I mean, uh, what you mentioned is great in terms of uh, uh, you know, uh, methodology, but what I've also seen been working really well with us as founders is um, meeting other founders that are facing similar or have faced similar challenges firsthand. So advisors are fantastic. We've always been going back to them or mentors or you know, people you can talk to. But then looking at someone in the eye and say, Victor, you know, I'm having this you know, crappy situation. I failed to do this. Someone, you know, someone did, did this to me. And he says, hey, the same thing's happening with me. There's something about that. You know, and it's like, oh, really? You don't expect it. Like I look at Victor, it's like, oh, no, he's happy. He's good. His, you know, his, his life's amazing. And then we sit down in this like closed session. And he's it's like, human. You notice that he's exactly. human. He's just like There's me. There's something about that that's so good for us. It's like for our, our well-being. It's like, oh, so I'm not alone. Others are facing it. What did you do about it? I did this, it didn't work. And then, so we keep calling each other at night. It's like, okay, I'm gonna do this and try this, right? So I see a lot of, um, uh, it works. True. Yeah, and I, I've noticed a pattern from the entrepreneurs I work with. One of the things they love about the mentors they work with is they just listen. I mean, sometimes active listening allows you to, to get everything off your chest. And uh, when you also talk to a fellow entrepreneur, it makes you realize you're not alone. Because like you said, leadership is a very lonely place. So if there's any founders here in the audience who are starting up alone, you know, they're, they're behind their computer, we can do this on our own. What advice would you give them for joining a startup community and why? It took me a while to figure out that uh, you really need to take care of yourself. You forget that in the first few years. You know, you're focusing on numbers, trying to make your investors happy, trying to make your people happy, but you're eventually going to run out of, of that energy, right? And if you do, that's a big problem. It's going to affect everyone. So I think I would, the biggest advice I'd give anyone that's you know, becoming a founder is you really need to figure out mechanics that works for you to take care of yourself on a systematic basis, whether it's exercise, yoga, spirituality, whatever works for you, but it needs to be systematic, not like when you get burnt out. No. It's the, the mechanics of wellness. Yeah. I like that. Anyone else? What advice would you give? Yeah, I think, I think, you know, the thing is about, about uh, um, you know, founders taking care of themselves, there is two schools of thoughts, right? There is the ones who t really take care of themselves and really, they, you know, try to maintain that. And then, you might be working with a co-founder who is really pressuring you and he doesn't even care about mental health and so on, and then you tend to clash. So I think it's, it's really important, uh, because this is what I learned. I learned that you know, I was pushing and then I got sick. 
and I had to get back and take care of myself. And then I realized that the business is not is important, but you you have to be at the right mindset and on, on top of your game in order for you to be able to run the business. Because you know the, the, the business itself is an identity of you. So whatever you reflect to your team, you know, to yourself and your team is what, what results you get. So it's really important for you to understand yourself and keep you know improving and try to support the team and get the support system around you as well. Excellent. So fill your cup first. And really that is the essence yeah. of startup communities. They help you fill your cup first. Absolutely. Any last thoughts in favor of time? In the, we can wrap up with any last thoughts about startup communities. My, my one simple message is keep doing what you guys are doing. You're playing a phenomenal role for yourselves, for the economy, and bringing these new innovations and disruptive ideas to life. Don't get disheartened. You can always find a way. Keep pushing. Excellent. Well said. Very true. I think for me is when you're building these relationships, uh, think long term rather than short term and even create value without expecting value back because eventually that value will come back to you when you need it. So just like when you're building those relationships with investors, with peers, with, with, uh, you know, with stakeholders, just try to think a bit long term than just short term tomorrow. Add value first, long term commitment. I like that. I would say it's all about the passion. I mean, um, starting a startup for the sake of starting a startup on its own, I think, is a wrong idea. Uh, maybe people disagree with me. I think you need a passion towards solving something very specific because it's going to be long and hard and difficult. And unless you have that passion that drives then your grit, your perseverance, you know, you need to, it, it, there needs to be a light bulb. And do something you love. Thank you so much Thank for you. a wonderful panel on startup communities. I hope everyone enjoys the rest of the conference. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed the episode. You can find our content on Anagami, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Follow us on social media at Step Conference and let's stay in touch.